Blog Talk Radio. You think I'll ever stop laughing when we start the show? <laughs> I'm so happy about it. You know, it's like, here we are, we're back again. So, here we are, we're back again. This is your host and co-host, Dr. Charlie Cartwright, and I'm Dr. Deb Carlin, and we're here to entertain you, get you thinking, get you feeling, get your mojo going there. I am firmly planted on the ground. I've been doing um, earthing.com and, and, and grounding, you know, and, and get my, my grip in, in, in nature. And, and uh, Dr. Charlie's up there in the heavens. <laughs> How is it up there? <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. I love this background. So. Yeah. You're flying high. It makes you feel good. It, so. it does. You know what? It makes me feel good. Yeah, it's awesome. So one of the things that we do here on Freedom Fridays, so this is Freedom Fridays, and we in and in, in during the summer when we started this this show together, it was on the uh, and it still is. It's on Blog Talk Radio on the K Factor, but I've upped it a bit and rebranded it because what I what I've come to find is all these wonderful people that I've invited in here as co-hosts. They're influencers, which is why I invited them here. And what we want to do is we want to influence you in your optimism, in your best soulful you, and your and your most intelligent part of your intellectual capabilities so that you're athletic in every part of your life, you know, financially, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, and socially, even though the social world is now the Zoom world. And and so I thought, you know what, we're the we're the influencers, and so now the shows are called the influencers. Freedom Fridays with Dr. Charlie Cartwright, and in little letters, Dr. Deb Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about freedom. What what do you mean freedom? You know, people are saying, like, what brand of freedom? What kind of freedom are you talking about? What do we tell them, Charlie? You know it all. The freedom all starts between your ears, no matter where you're, where you're at in, in life, what state you live in or nation you live in. There's a freedom that can never be taken away from you. It's the freedom, yeah. the freedom to choose your attitude, right? Right. And the attitude we choose sets the tone for everything else in our life, and that's that's a reality. And the more you consider that and think about it the more deeply you understand that how true that is. It really is. I'll tell you, it, it is so amazing to me when people, you and I both know this as, as practitioners, when people come to us, they're very frequently in trouble. And you start peeling back what the trouble is. And when you introduce to people, just a little, I always say to people, I don't need you to tell me that you're afraid of change. Change is gone, ongoing all the time. <clears throat> you think you're afraid of change, and you don't want it to be abrupt. Like, I'm going to change the scenery. I'm going to pull the rug out from underneath your feet. I'm not going to pull any rug out from underneath your feet. But if you just avert your attention about three degrees in either direction, side to side, up and down, you're going to get a different perspective. And then I will actually have people do that. You know, just look to the left a little bit. Oh, my, look at that. Look to the right a little bit. Oh, yeah, there you go. 
And people start to get a sense that they actually have a choice about where they look, what they see, and then how they think about it, right? What are some of your tactics for getting people to get inside between their ears there and get a different perspective, a different attitude? Yeah, it's it's something that, you know, people can always dig deeper. And what I mean by that is is whatever they have been doing, for instance, inserting love into your relationships, that there's always a deeper level. You, you can dig down and, and do a little bit better, right? Mm. And when you dig deeper, then what you find is those relationships get enhanced like you never thought they could. And one of the things that, you know, I was thinking about today is um, saying things that, not leaving things unsaid. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a way to go deeper in a, in a relationship. Because the reality is you don't know when the last conversation that you're going to have, 99, 99.9% of the time, you don't know when the last com- conversation you're going to have with an individual will occur. So if you don't know that, then it is best to always make sure that you don't leave anything unsaid so that in the unfortunate event that that person passes away, that they passed away with the knowledge that they know exactly how you felt about them. And so if you look oh at the people. Oh, my gosh, that's huge. Right? Oh, my look gosh. At the, look at the people in your life. It could be your husband, wife, child, cousin, friend, coworker. Do they know exactly how you feel about them? And if they don't, that's something you need to rectify. And I mean today. Yep, okay? right now. And our, this is a lesson. You know, there's so many lessons I wish I would have learned growing up and I had to learn um, as an adult. But this is one of the lessons that I learned growing up. I was, when I was growing up, the closest person to me was my grandfather. He was we were like this. Yeah. When I got to high school, I spent every weekend there. And we worked together, we watched ball games together, we spent a ton of time together. And the last day that I saw him alive was January 1st, 1983. Got the call January 2nd in the morning, 1983, and he passed away overnight in his sleep. And I was 18 years old, I was a freshman in college, I was back on Christmas break. And there were things that I should have said to him that I didn't. And of course, those were, I was immature and all that, and that's true. Right. However, that was a hard lesson to learn that going forward, you have to make sure you take care of that. So that's something that I always keep in mind. And whenever something does occur and I lose a friend, I have peace. Yeah. That, That person knew exactly how I felt about them. I didn't leave that unknown. And people do get uncomfortable with it, right? Hey, love you, brother. Okay, talk to you later. <laughs> well, right? That's what I I'm don't. <laughs> right? But after about but after about ten times, right. you wear them down. Right? Yeah, right, exactly, like, exactly. Like, oh, this is okay. Say I I love him back, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but that's that's something that's really important and there's just a freedom in that 
knowing that you are not leaving things unsaid. If you owe somebody an apology, to make sure you 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 give that to them, right? Right, that's right. And uh, and so that's that's a big one. So I that's love one of the things that I do. I love it that you know, you're talking about personally. that. Yeah, I love it that you're talking about that. So in case I haven't told you, Charlie Cartwright, I just love you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm all blessed, you know. I know, <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing. People are kind of that way. I've been, you know, one of the things that's the hardest thing for me this year is I don't get to have events and see people and hug them. And And by the way, at my events, typically, whether they're mine for my business or mine personally, or I'm the spokesperson and the leader for a group. If you, when you walk in the door, you are greeted by a person and then introduced to people down the, down the line, you know, like they walk with you. So there's a line of people, like five people. Number one greets you. They introduce you to number two and three and four. And, and people are shaking your hand or giving you a hug. You get to me, man. I'm giving you a hug. <laughs> Oh, and Grace, here we go. And people are like, whoa, that girl is like really, she's kind of physical, you know. And and then the next person, you know, number two becomes number one and so on. So everybody feels greeted and important. And by the time, I'll tell you what, and then we seat them at their table. We get them their juice or their coffee with them. And so nobody feels like they're in servitude, but they're all in service. And it's mutual. And then we make sure people are sitting at a table where there's people they can talk to. By the time I get to the podium and I say, I'm so glad you're here. I love you people for being here. They're like, I kind of believe it. And you know what? It, I want them to because we go into, I hear people talking about going into networking meetings all the time. I said, God, I hate it. I, I don't know what to say. I feel awkward. You know, what do you, you small talk, small talk. Now, I do have people who will make fun of me for all this. And what I say is, okay, come here, give me a hug. <laughs> you can make fun of me as long as we're touching. <laughs> you know? yeah. We got to, I mean, right now in particular, how much do you crave that physical encounter and, and being in quarantine or isolated or incubated or whatever it is, even in your own home, life is much more precious now than ever before i think i hope i you know i hope so that people realize that for sure um it's something that you know got taken for granted for sure i think and i think once that we are able to interact in a more normal way that there there will be a you know pretty big outpouring of those things because it's really there's been so many people. I just talked to a friend the other day, and he said they canceled their Christmas. Family getting together. It's just a 40-some year tradition. For the first year in 40 plus years, they like I think he said 42 years. I'm not mistaken. He said 40. 42 years, the first year that the whole family will get together. And there's a lot of that happening. And so it's important to when we get back to bring those those traditions back, not let them fall by the wayside. So uh, I don't want big, anybody to big, cancel. Big. Yeah, there's a lot of people canceling things. Are you are you canceling? I don't cancel, but other people cancel. <laughs> you know, because of the fear yeah. surrounding all these things, and 
Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we've done a, you know, the media's done a really good job of scaring people to death. And think about this. We've had the baseball season, the basketball season right. finished, professional, the baseball season finished, the college football season's finishing, the uh, National Football League season's finishing, the hockey season finished. And along the way, you had several athletes and coaches come down with the riders, right? Right. What happened to them? They got better. Exactly. Yes. Just like 99, the recovery rate, I want to say, when I looked it up, it was like 99, somewhere between 99.5 and 99. I mean, it's it's high. Yes. You know, it's a very high, but we are treating it like it's the opposite of that. Right. Like 99% of the people don't recover. I know. 99% of the people, 99, a high percent, 99 and change are fine. No residual effects. They got sick. They got better. Hallelujah. So that's the whole thing. You know, I think back to Thanksgiving in the past. Well, yeah, people go home and you always hear about it. Somebody, oh, they came down to you after we got home. And they, oh, okay, get a bunch of people together. Things do, you know. I mean, that was always normal. Yeah. And I was curious Oh my God! Suddenly Charlie's gone. I hope he's coming back in. Honestly, so here we have another episode of the influencers here, and my co-host is influenced himself. Maybe he's floating up there in the clouds. You know, it's a weird year. I've never had so many technological glitches before. Instantly here, instantly gone. And I'm, I don't know what to tell you about this. I'm going to hope that he gets to come back in because we're only halfway through this episode. So what's the point? Well, while I'm sitting here, let's talk about freedom and freedom in your thoughts. And I have the freedom in my mind right now to stay here on the air, to continue broadcasting, to keep a good thought that Charlie makes the re-entry and we get him back. And to look at how we continue the conversation. So what should we make? What can we make this conversation be in the way of productive while we wait for his re-entry? Well, I, I'm thinking talk about resilience. And I'm dialing him up to see. I think he turned his phone off for this episode. Um we're looking at resiliency and how do you deal with something that happens in your life path, in the hour, in the moment that causes everything to shift? Well, you've got the freedom in your mind. Reach the voicemail box of Dr. Charlie Cartwright. So the point is, in the midst of all this, resiliency is your ability <coughs> to bounce back from the cough. Excuse me, taking a cup of coffee, a little sip. To bounce back and to move forward through whatever it is that you're facing. Because if what you do in your head is you panic 
you get uncomfortable, you're going to start negative chatter with yourself that's not going to take you anywhere positive. It's going to lock you down. So what I'm going to do really quickly here, that's an unusual episode. I'm sending him a comeback in note. One of the things that we've studied in in my uh, area of credentialed professional work in psychology is attitude, um, attribution theory, meaning to what do we attribute this circumstance, this thinking, this behavior, this event, and what's our attitude about it. And, And attitude formation is an incredible, beautiful area of study. Um, academically, we've um, in my specialty in social psychology, the impact that we as people have on one another, the impact that our environment has on it. Can you imagine how my mind has been racing in 2020, looking at the way that we're all impacting one another, looking at the way that our environmental factors are impacting us? If we have resilience, which is another term right out of psychology. And hardiness, Susan Kielbasa, well, I make it sound like the, with the Polish sausage, but Kobasa. Um, Susan Kobasa wrote about hardiness and how hardy we are to be able to be resilient, to bounce back, to come into anything as though we are what we are, which is we are strong, we are creative, we are dynamic. And we have the capacity, the capability, because of the freedom that we have in our mind, in our thinking, to make it all happen. Ah, Dr. Charlie Cartwright, here he is. He's coming back to join us again. (laughs) Oh, Dr. Charlie, where did you go? Did you fly away? Did you take flight up there in the clouds? There we go. So while you were gone, I was talking about resiliency, <laughs> hardiness, and adaptation to circumstances because of the freedom that we have in our mind, right? Yeah. 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 So you were, I don't know, I don't know if it happened on your end or mine, but what I told our audience here is this is a unusually technologically glitchy year. It really is. So many people are on these platforms. Yeah. Because usually you get some warning or something. My computer went. I it's saw just, you look. Yeah. I got this net. I, I just saw this flash locking down. <laughs> Yawn. So anyhow, um, that in 2021, I'll have to uh, pick up, you know, I've got to reinvest in my soft hardware. My computers, I bought them at the same time. And so. That's a lesson too. That stagger your purchases. Gotta stagger them because now both of my computers are four years old now, yeah, right? Yeah. So they're both long in the tooth. I mean, that's ancient for a computer. So uh, they, you know, I got them they're state of the art, but now they're they're older and they're they're buckling under the strain of all the information they need to carry now. But anyway, back to what I was saying. You know, with 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 all of this. You know, getting together with the holidays and it was part of the holiday to me you would find out after the fact that oh these two relatives came down with 
flu or, you know, had a cold or whatever, but, you know, 90% of the people that showed up, nothing, nothing occurred. So then that got me curious because we're in flu season and, you know, every year uh, people succumb to that, you know, as far as their fatality. And it's interesting to me that there's not an exact number on that. You know, with Corona, there's, there's no reporting there's, on the flu from what I can see right, right it's now. Just a, yeah, I know, estimate, I that. like they don't know the estimate is this and so I'm like well why isn't that we should know that's the whole thing with coroners and all the 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 infrastructure that we have in place I know. so that we're tracking all these things so if there is a trend then we can say hey there's a problem here we need to address instead of just an estimate so there's an estimate somewhere between 50, 50,000 Americans a year that, that pass away as a direct result of flu. So I was curious, is it for the same reason that people pass away because of the coronavirus? Yeah. So I looked into it and, well, and this is a CDC site. Well, you know, very similar to the coronavirus. Right. Uh, these comorbidities, oh, heart disease, lung disease, diabetes, I mean, if you're in bad health, then you're susceptible to everything. To every, it, it, everything. To everything. Right. And so we're not going to know for, I want to say it's two to three years. I think it's three years. Why it takes that long with the technology that we have makes no sense to me. But it's, it's two to three years before you have the final number each year of the number of, of people that died. Really? takes two to three years so i want to say it's closer to three years and so you get this official number that that this many people died in the united states you know and then you have all the statistics you know so many from this so many from this so many from this but i'm really curious in the aggregate numbers comparing 2020 2019 2018 17 i want to compare 2020 to the previous 10 years here's why because there's a certain percentage of the population that dies every year. That's just the way it is. Yeah, that's life and death. The number is like, the number going into this year, I think, was uh, 7708. That's how many people die a day in the United States, 7708, right in that wheelhouse. So if we look at percentage of population, if that percentage didn't change, yeah, then all that means is we took these deaths out of different buckets and put them into the corona bucket. We just moved buckets. Yeah. But their aggregate number or percentage didn't change. That's my suspicion, but we're not going to know that for for two or three years. But my suspicion is that we'll look back at this video and go, hey, you know, you were right. And so, and if that's the case, then... You know, this has been one of the biggest disservices in the history of civilization. Well, it has um, been. That has been done to the human race. Haven't, so, haven't you seen yeah. that on, on various outlets, the healthcare workers, nurses, and physicians who are stepping forward saying the person died of gunshot wounds and the death certificate read the virus? I cannot participate in this. I mean, really, truly, really, gunshot wounds? Don't tell me that you tested this person on their deathbed for the virus. There was a kid I remember on CNN reading an article about this 
of course, the article is titled, you know, Healthy Young Man Dies of Coronavirus, right? I want to say it was 17. And I see the picture of the family, and I'm like, wow, this guy, you know, he's pretty heavy. Like, he's morbidly obese. There you go. So how is he a perfectly healthy young man? It's a perfectly healthy young man. Yeah, not quite. And so what happened was he uh, not feeling well and, um, you know, has trouble getting out of bed, asks his father for water, gets water, and then a few hours later, he finds him passed out in the bathroom. They call 911 take him. Well, anyway, they're running their test. He's type 2 diabetic. Yeah. And his his blood sugar levels were, you know, you know, significantly dangerous where he was. So yeah. he was type two diabetic, undiagnosed, and so you know, he goes the ventilator route and dies two days later. Well, they had tested him the first day, and he tested negative. This is an article, and then a few hours later they tested him again and he tested positive. And so, of course, they termed a COVID death. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy fell into a diabetic coma. Yeah, that's right. Right? Oh, and, awesome. and, it, and it's corona that did it. No, no, no. And so, I don't, um, it's just been a very, it's been a disservice to to many countries, but our country, I think, in particular. And um, it, it, it's unfortunate because we are destroying lives and businesses and our economy when the reality is it's all about and we do and we recognize that in the advanced nations in this world our our culture is one of the most unhealthy yeah and and the virus is showing that up i had um you know tom hill he's 84 85 so Dr. Tom Hill is a mutual friend of Charlie's and of mine, yeah. who is an incredible, incredible, incredible. Yeah. Didn't he invent and like expand Remax Realty? He he did some pretty amazing, did some amazing things with them. But you know he contracted the the coronavirus. Okay. He's fine. Yeah. Okay. He is. I mean, I'm just telling you, just because you're eight. You know, above 65, and you get the virus, doesn't mean you're gonna die. Right. Yeah, I had a few rough days. I'm fine, getting better every day. I mean, so I'm gonna put a plug in for Dr. Tom Hill since you brought him up. Please Google Dr. Tom Hill and and Hill's Angels, which I always thought was funny. Not Hell's Angels, Hill's Angels, and it's a collection of people that he brings together. You and I included, Dr. Cartwright. True. Yeah. So there's just been so much disinformation and. And the disinformation is a disservice. And then obviously some of it's been deliberate in the I downloaded the document was in March when the CDC sent to medical professionals encouraging them to code these deaths the way that they are. You know, yeah. these doc these physicians didn't do that of their own accord. They received direction from the CDC Why? back in March of Why? this year. Why? My question, and I have not seen it answered anywhere, and I haven't seen anyone ask the question, why did they change it? Right. Why did they why? change the protocol? Why? It makes no sense. None. Well, here's the problem. People are not asking the questions. The people at the CDC should have stood up and said, 
Why would you ask us to do something that's unscrupulous? Well, I read, uh, I did, there are a couple people that, that voluntarily left and have come forward and said that they were receiving extreme amounts of pressure and direction from the White House. And it's just unprecedented level of tampering in every aspect. I mean, I've just never seen anything like it. Tampering in every aspect of the infrastructure of this country. And if people didn't comply, they got removed. They got replaced. And so the whole point of democracy is that there's freedom of choice and there's checks and balances. There you go. However, the way the country was run, those checks and balances were deliberately being undermined. Yeah. And when there's only one way, that's not a democracy, that's a dictatorship. Well, so, I'll tell you what, in terms of all that, there is enough concern about every part of our life right now in the United States, but globally, that people are, are, are uncomfortable, worried about what it is that's going to happen next. And, and so what, what do we have, what do we have the capacity for? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I am really proud of, of myself for having unshakable faith. That's number one. Number two, for being able to engage in the practices that I have of my prayer life and of my meditative and brain activity life, that when I start to panic about things, and I do, I mean, we all take turns, right? This has been a roller coaster year. I talk to myself, just like you said at the beginning of our episode, if we talked to other people the way that we sometimes talk to ourselves, we would have no friends. So I will literally, I will be bouncing around in here, in my home and in my head, and I will literally stop, and I'll go look in the mirror, and I will say, Deb Carlin, I know you're in there. Why are you saying those things? Come on. Life is going to continue. How are you going to experience it? Things are going to shift and change all the time. And what looks like you're walking into something good is often not, and vice versa. So I am I am in a position of, just like lots of us, we don't like what we're seeing. I don't know how anybody could like what we're seeing right now because we don't know exactly what the meaning is behind what we're seeing right now, whether it's the politic or it's the virus, whatever it is. But what I believe is that what we think, not only does it become us, but it becomes a global reality. I choose to continue to pray. I choose to, in, in the freedom of, of my mind and my spirit, I choose to believe. You know what? People are basically good. We've got corruption and things that are bouncing around. But we will prevail. This is humankind. And we will, we will be. So I'm going to say I'd like you to Google Dr. Deb Carlin Meditations. Uh, go to go to Google and and do dash cam Charlie, and and dash cam wisdom Dr. Car- Dr. Charlie Cartwright, and look at us and listen to us in our messaging. We're concerned, 
But Charlie, you and I are not going to fall to the floor, crumble up in the fetal position, and scream, I give up, are we? No, absolutely not. And it's interesting. I was on a podcast just yesterday, and it was really centered around, hey, where did you start the dash game wisdom and why and all those things, and what was the genesis of it? And <coughs> it was the fact that I was watching what was going on in the world and the media. There's just so much negativity, yeah. and the negative voices are so loud and prevalent. And I just felt like I just couldn't, in good conscience, sit silently and not say anything, right? Just right. okay, and hope that it hope that it would be over someday, or hope that someone else would step forward, right? I'm looking around, and I'm going, well, the person in the mirror needs to step forward and 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 do what I can to bring positivity into the world. And so, and so, you know, my small way and my small space. My small place, that's what I do. And uh, there's so many more positive people than negative people, so many more good people than people would seek to do other people harm. However, if we stay silent and hide in our homes, then the other side of it, they're more aggressive and they're more outgoing and they're more outspoken. And it appears that their numbers are much greater than they are because they're so verbose. Mm-hmm. So we really owe it to one another. We owe it to the world to speak up and be counted in a positive way. Absolutely, 100%. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about <clears throat> this platform that we're developing here of Partners in Excellence Media and the influencers. And I'm so impressed with everybody who is on this platform because we're all continuing to work. We're all continuing to move forward. We're all continuing in belief and optimism and deep-rooted faith. And we and we can't help ourselves, you know? There's something that just hit me, just came to mind. And so I remember this from my days in school. Remember, and I encourage folks to go out and and Google this document. Take a look at the Declaration of Independence. I love the Declaration of Independence. Now, I have it framed and hanging in my house. But here's something that a lot of people fail to realize. All those signatures on there? Yeah. Look at them. How many of those signatures were tiny? There were people writing so small because they didn't want to be identified. Yep. In case there's blowback, they can't tell I sign. I'm signing it. I'm in the room signing yeah. it, but if the team looks at this, you can't read my name. Yeah. But what did John Hancock do? <laughs> Put your John I'm Hancock gonna, on it. Woo! I'm going to sign my name so, and I think he said, I'm going to sign my name so large that the team will have to use a spectacle to see my name. Yeah. Right? There you go. Boom. It's the John Hancock of the world that we need to come for, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. Put your name on it, right? Yeah. Put your face behind it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Yeah. You know, I I often wish that uh, several years ago, when the National Speakers Association was having their annual conference in Washington, D.C., 
<clears throat> Do you know who Just Todd Felt is? Okay, Just Todd Felt has been a commentator on various news outlets. He's out in New York. He's a great guy. I met him at a, um, a my Philadelphia mastermind group with the Harrison brothers, who are phenomenal, um, who helped launch Jack Canfield, and now he participates as a partner with them in the Harrison brothers uh, public relations and media explosion group, promoting people's books and all that. And um, they had a, uh, a media summit. And so I went there and I was meeting all these media personalities and looking for opportunities for exposure. It was great. And I met Jess Todd felt there. It was amazing. Well, Jess Todd felt was involved and still is probably with the national speakers association and then, do you know Shep Hyken? Okay, so Shep Hyken. See, I just make this assumption that we're all in the, you and I are in the same circles all over the place. Okay, come on over here. I'm stepping you into my whole world. So Shep Hyken has been the president of the National Speakers Association and locally, um, and, and, and me too, stepping into different roles with that, with that group. But here's the thing. We were having... The national meeting of the National Speakers Association in Washington, D.C. <clears throat> and at that time, there was just this arguing about across the aisle, across the aisle. And I'm thinking, integrate your seats. Quit sitting on opposite sides of the room. I mean, it's like, don't you know anything about feng shui? <laughs> I mean, come on, intermingle here, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what your seating chart looks like, but cut it out. You know, you need to sit by one another and and breed familiarity, not contempt. And so I suggested that what we do is we try really hard to get time in Congress to go up and talk to them because Shep's uh, whole line is this is about um, the ultimate uh, customer service. He's the chief amazement officer, officer at his corporation, which is Shep Hyken Productions. So let's go in and talk to Congress about that. And Jess Todd felt is all about messaging and get your message out there clearly and, you know, being good. And mine is about kindness, you know, and have the courage to be kind, not being, you know, a goof. Well, maybe sometimes you are a goof. So what? But coming together. And everything got canceled. Circumstances. I wish now, be careful what you wish for. I wish I had an opportunity to do that. Somebody needs to walk in to that congressional building and get in front of all those people and say, you know, really, please, peace. Really, I mean, come on. Let's just cut it out. Let's just stop all this. The train has run down the track so fast. I mean, it's going off the edge of the cliff here. Let's stop the train and, you know, let's get the, let's get the servers to uh, feed us a meal and let's celebrate that we're all alive. We're all here in hum- humankind together. Something. But we can't continue this way. They're going to blow the whole thing up. The whole thing is blowing up. I, I really wanted to quiet down, you know? Like, how does Santa even know who to deliver to this year? A lot of naughty going on. 
Yeah, a lot of lumps of coal will be delivered on December 25th. Honestly, honestly. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, to permeate the bad energy that's out here, we, we need to have the influencers here encourage people with what it is to do with their mind. Think resilience. Think your hardiness. Believe in your resilience. Believe in the goodness of human beings and humankind and our culture and our world. Everybody, I mean, we've got people out there doing good work. We've got people out there who are, you know, filled with malintent, but I believe in the goodness of people. Yeah, it always uh, it always prevails, but it all it only prevails when people step forward, right? And it it takes courage to do that. Well, we're, gotta, we're doing you gotta it. Have the, you got to have the courage to uh, to make a difference with your with your store clerk at the grocery store, with the right. waiter or waitress at the restaurant. You know, just create those. Um, there's a lot of opportunities that we can create positivity in the world. And every time, so here's something really interesting. We got three minutes. Okay, here's something really interesting. A story uh, I had um, I had um, said made a post earlier this week about thank you mm. and how important it was and and how it changes the course of people's days. And one gentleman, he's a, he's a retired gentleman. He said, "Oh yeah," he said, "You know, I've been using those two words for years to change the course of history." Oh, my. He's like, change the course of history? He says, yeah. He says, well, I speak to a person, and I give them a sincere thank you. Explain why. He said, I can see the look come over their face. I can see the change. He said, I changed the course of history because I changed their day. Wow. Now they, in turn, are going to change someone else's day. So literally, I changed the course of history. I love that. You know what? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, you know what, friends? We'll leave it on that note. Change the course of history by changing someone's day. We hope that we have done that for you, putting you on a positive trajectory about faith and goodness and two people coming together who are dedicated to introducing you the freedom that you have right there in between your ears. And uh, on that note, it's a wrap from... Dr. Deb Carlin and my co-host, Dr. Charlie Cartwright. And we won't see you for two weeks. I'm probably going to sneak in here and do an episode, but I have a feeling my co-host is going to be unwrapping presents. Yeah, I'm going to, um, between Christmas and New Year, yeah. I'm going to do a lot of relaxing. Good for you. Good for I have you. not taken, you know, with the coronavirus and everything, I have not taken any time off this year because I just felt like I couldn't. So. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. All right, great. <laughs> so hang with me for a second here. Friends, on behalf of Blog Talk Radio, for the K Factor, where cake equals kindness, and the factors are all the things that lead to it, we're signing out for today. God bless you, and Merry Christmas. <laughs>